This is SQPN, the StarQuest Production Network, leading the way. This episode of The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the Amazon Store. Click on the link on our website, starwars.sqpn.com, before you shop at Amazon, and your purchase will help support our show. This is The Secrets of Star Wars, episode number 18. Welcome back, fellow Star Wars fans, to a new episode of The Secrets of Star Wars, our podcast dedicated to the upcoming movies, 7, 8, 9, the spin-off movies, and anything else that Disney will bring us together with Lucasfilm. Joining me today, as always, is my good friend and fellow Star Wars fan, Dom Bettinelli. Dom, how are you? I'm great, Father. I'm happy to be back here, uh, ready to discuss all the news or at least as much as we can cover. There is uh, a ton of news. Yes, it's it's. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even sure that that one hour will be enough, but we'll we'll do our best. And of course, as usual, we will not just talk about the news, but we'll also speculate about the consequences of what we hear. And some of it, of course, is rumors, and part of that might be bogus. But uh, we also have photos. We have even video that shows us Star Wars stuff. Um, we will talk about the consequences. What does it mean for the story? Is there anything that we can um, that we can deduce from what we see and what we hear? Um, and can we together puzzle together uh the the plot line of this first new star wars movie and well the biggest news is is brand new and it appeared i think yesterday or the day before yesterday on on twitter and this was part of an ongoing twitter conversation between um jj abrams and the people uh that are currently preparing the new superman versus batman movie how how did how did this get started uh, dom so the director of the the, the Batman Superman movie uh, is Zack Snyder, and he started put, posting these so, sort of Star Wars superhero mashup uh, images. Um, one is of a I remember uh, vividly a um, what was it a stormtrooper being arrested by the Gotham City PD, and um, and that had know, to do I think with the rumors of um, the Batmobile being being stolen or something like that. <laughs> I think it was right. a bogus rumor, but they followed up with. With that hilarious photo of a stormtrooper being pushed in a police car. <laughs> exactly. And there's another one with, uh, what was it, does uh, C-3PO as Batman and, or super, uh, maybe he was Superman. And just, just a, a couple of these images are kind of fun. You know, someone has taken some time to do this, to put them together, um, back and forth. And then, of course, J.J. Abrams does the drop the mic version uh, of uh, in, uh, back to Zack Snyder, which uh, just ends the conversation because yeah. it's so awesome. Drop the mic, drop your jaws to the floor. <laughs> it was absolutely fantastic. I, I just have to play the video, and I know that you can't see it, but uh, you just hear this music, and you see this sweeping, beautiful shot, looks like Steadicam shot, of the Millennium Falcon out in the open. And then all of a sudden, the Star Wars music changes into Batman music. As the movie zooms in on a tiny little thing. A small detail on the underside of the Millennium Falcon. And Dom, from what you wrote on Facebook, I think at first you didn't even see the joke. (laughs) 
I totally missed it. I said, why are we zooming into this this detail on the Millennium Falcon? And then um, I think you might you might have mentioned that it was a mashup with Batman. And I went back and looked at it, and it it's a it's I mean it's painted to look <coughs> excuse me just like the Millennium Falcon, and it's but it's this little detail of a model car of the Batmobile. Exactly. <laughs> and it is, it's covered up in that same kind of beige, uh, whitish paint, and it's aged as well. So you don't even see it from a distance, and I, I, I bet you that in the movie, <laughs> there's no way that we can see this, not even on Blu-ray uh, uh, resolution. But it's there. <laughs> and it was so funny, because this is something that they've been doing in the history of Star Wars over and over again. I remember the the uh, shot in the asteroid belt in Empire Strikes Belt, uh, but <laughs> Empire, Empire Strikes <laughs> Belt, Empire Strikes Back, where one of the um, asteroids is actually a, a tennis shoe or a, a sports shoe, a <laughs> right. Nike sports shoe, and, and and you can actually freeze frame it, and you will see the contours of a of a shoe. And apparently, they even included some potatoes in there and whatever they could uh, put their hands on and then there have been appearances of r2d2 in several movies in the background i think there was even a, an homage in the first new star trek movie by jj abrams where um in the sequence at the beginning of the movie so it's that whole confrontation between uh james t kirk's father and the villain outside in space in, in, in a fraction of a second you can actually see uh r2d2 floating there in the debris <laughs> and, and of course, the, another famous one was Raiders, Raiders of the Lost Ark. In the hieroglyphics in the Egyptian tomb, yes, uh, you yes. see R two D two and C three PO on the wall there. That's a classic one as well. And I I bet you that there are many many other appearances of Star Wars characters or references. Um, of course, a very uh, famous reference is the TH. Uh, what is it? Eleven thirty eight. Eleven thirty eight. Yeah. The um, uh, name actually the title of of uh, one of uh, George Lucas's first movies is actually a movie that he made when when he was still uh, at the uh, film film academy, and then remade it later on. And that number uh, has appeared not only in a lot of Star Wars and other George Lucas productions and movies, but also in 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 various other movies as an homage, as a little you know wink to the Star Wars fans out there. And I but this was just. Like, <laughs> these two guys, like, oh, I can do better. I will show you the Millennium Falcon. And, <laughs> and I, I think that we are looking, actually, at the same model that was spotted. And this brings me to the next big news uh, that <laughs> broke. Incredible news um, uh, from uh, a, an open-air set um, that was discovered by a couple of folks who were uh, flying a drone and then all of a sudden they see uh, this half-finished Millennium Falcon sitting there on what looks like a, a military base. I think uh, it's a, a, a base that was used for the storage of nuclear missiles, actually. That's right. And it's now, I suppose, no longer in use. And it's now a park. Okay. Yeah, and, but it's been closed for the filming. And on from from the air from from that you know it, it's clearly one of those you know super wide angle cameras that they attach to the drone not only do you see uh the millennium falcon sitting there out in the open but also several x-wing fighters as well as um uh, some props some it's like oh it's just the front of a of an x-wing fighter um so it's 
clearly just a, a cheap way to make you believe if it's filmed from a certain perspective that there are tons of X-Wing fighters sitting there. Um, and it's also uh, the location um, where clearly they've, they've been bringing in a lot of extras and apparently also some of the main cast members. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Some of these photos were posted on a, on a Facebook site by a fellow named Rick Lawrence. And I don't know exactly how he made those photos, but I, I assume he just went, after seeing the drone footage, he, he just went on location and climbed over some fences and took uh, some tele-camera shots of uh, extras walking around. And um, the thing is, if you go to his Facebook page right now, they've been taken down and he posted a note um, so apparently he was looking at his um, uh, Facebook messages, the ones in the other's inbox. You know that Facebook has two inboxes? It's crazy. One with your friends, and that's the stuff that normal people check, and then there is the others, and I never look at those messages. I, I hardly realize that they are there. And when he was checking those messages, and this was after getting tons and tons of uh, exposure because of those spy photos of the set. Um, there, one of them was a, a takedown notice from the people of uh, Lucasfilm and threatening with legal action if he didn't. But of course, the internet is the internet. So all those photos were immediately copied to hundreds and if not thousands of websites. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's kind of a futile attempt to uh, contain uh these the, the the these leaks uh but what do you make of those photos Adam? what was your reaction when you saw them well i'm i'm as i look at the photos what what they what we see are um these underground bunkers that are they're they're designed to uh survive nuclear attacks so they're very heavily reinforced and sitting in front of them we see at least two X-wings uh, the that we've seen pre- in previous spy photos, and they painted differently. One is light blue and white, and one is uh, awesomely black with uh, a sort of orange um, uh, panels on the wings, and it looks really wild. I can't wait to see them on film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, what do we have? We, um, some type of base, um, uh, a base where X-wings are are, are located. The Millennium Falcon is there. We see half the Millennium Falcon. So, what we're, we're probably going to have is, is the Falcon has landed, and we're seeing the, them just outside. You know, so we're only going to see it from one angle, and we'll see someone walking away from it. Um, so, you know, looking at all the different photos, there's we see f- photos of some extras in some um, drab brown uniform type things, mm-hmm. maybe carrying around what might be weapons blasters. Um, we see. Um, the, the classic rebel pilot uniform yep. photos that seem to indicate one of those people might be Adam Driver in the rebel pilot uniform, which is very interesting. And another one of what looks like um, Gwendolyn Christie in one of the, the, the soldier uniforms, the brown soldier uniforms. So, you know, we've, we've obviously got some, some of these, the major characters. Uh, I saw a reference that someone saw the trailers being delivered, the, 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 uh, the, the trailers for the actors, and one of them had a sign on it that said, Kira Stunt Double. And you remember that Kira is the production name, um, or we've heard that it's the production mm-hmm. name for Daisy Ridley's character. Wow. So... So that maybe Daisy Ridley is on this this set, maybe John 
Boyega is on this set. So this looks to be, sounds like, with we put everything together, like this is going to be um, a major set piece. This is going to be an important location. I think uh, so, too. A bunch of characters come together. Just from the size of, of uh, the set, but also if you look at the... Um the parts on the right side of most of the photos, you see this big catering tent, um, mm-hmm. tons and tons of trucks. Uh, this is a this is not just you know two three days of shooting. This must be a big big scene, and of course, it evokes uh, definitely the final scenes on the Javan Moon uh, when the rebels are preparing to attack the Death Star. And and mm-hmm. it, it totally has that same feel and look. And now, of course, it's it's not in a on a jungle in a jungle situation, but that could be added later. Um, it also has a a bit of a reminiscences of of um, of Naboo. Um, and so I, I I guess that we're going to see something that will look very familiar to us. And from the size of this, and 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 just looking at the photos, the aerial photos, how many extras are walking around there? Um, there's also um, a um, a yellow crane, um, and on the right of the, uh, the right side of this uh, white and blue X-wing fighter, and that crane is uh, lifts up a big white canvas, which is usually used um, when they're shooting conversations, close-ups of the of, of main characters. It's it's meant to block out the sun, so you get a very even lighting. Um, mm-hmm. You don't put that in place for you know, just random shots. This is clearly for some uh, shooting with the primary cast. Um, Not to mention, of course, that we get these life-size models of X-Wing fighters um, and the Millennium Falcon. I don't think this is the same Millennium Falcon that they constructed uh, at uh, the studios because apparently that was one that you could could actually walk into and it would have right. the entire interior. I don't know how they pulled it, how they put that pull that off, but this is clearly just the outside. Um, but nevertheless, you don't build that for you know for nothing. This has to be uh, that major um, battle preparation sequence that we speculated about even. A year ago, when we started this podcast, we, we were thinking that there has to be, if they really want to evoke what made episode four such a great movie, there has to be a big space battle. And it has to feature the Millennium Falcon. It has to feature the X-Wing fighters. Um, the fact that we have at least, I'm counting, so two real-size X-Wing fighters, completely built and finished, plus one, two, three um, like mock-ups, it's just the front of an X-wing fighter, uh, and undoubtedly they will duplicate these uh, digitally if necessary. Um, but it seems to indicate that we get to see also scenes um, at these two X-wing fighters that were built full scale, um, where we will see the pilots, you know, step into their X-wing fighters again. That's not just something you do with extras. So I'm thinking that one rumor that I read about the black X-wing fighter actually uh, uh, being flown by one of the main heroes, um, totally believable. <laughs> I yeah, that was the thing I wanted to, to to talk about was this idea of the different colored X-wing fighters. So, like, wh- why you know what what does that what does that uh, tell us about the story that you know these are not you know unit like you know in in the uh, the movies they they're all uniformly painted. These are military yeah. equipment that 
you know, we these are different colors. They reflect maybe personality or different military uh, forces or or something. Very uh, simple it, answer to that. Us. It's very simple. The reason, the big reason that they are different, you know, have different colors, toys. Toys. <laughs> These are all going to be different toys that you can sell. And if every X-Wing fighter has a specific, you know, pilot that we can relate to, then yeah, those those will sell. I can totally see the Lego boxes already. Um, and I think it makes sense as well that in a big, uh, a, a big, attack sequence the fact that these uh, at least part of these x-wing fighters will have different colors and will be instantly recognizable will make it easier also to show you who is who when everybody's flying especially if it's a big fight it definitely helps if you have a black x-wing fighter you know well that is that one is flown by so and so so i think that that is a that's clearly uh, uh something that they did on purpose for well, for both commercial reasons, but also for the narrative of a, of a big battle like that. And from a plot point, one of the rumors that we hear is that uh, there will be these new um, chrome and black stormtroopers uh, that that we'll see, um, and that I've seen some rumors that that suggest that this X-wing belongs to that character who might be one of our leads, might be John Boyega, in fact. So uh, so there, there could be that connection where it's uh, these new, um, cool-looking chrome and black stormtroopers uh, have a cool black X-wing, not TIE fighter. And that's the other thing, interesting thing, thing here is we haven't seen any TIE fighters, or uh, which doesn't mean that they're not in the movie, but we just haven't seen props of any of the Imperial uh, mm-hmm. uh, starfighters uh, star of, of, any, of any sort. Yeah. I'm not sure about the whole Chrome Stormtrooper thing. Um, I think this is based on some speculation surrounding a a Lego set that is not yet released, I think, that that features Chrome-colored Stormtroopers. And the idea was that, you know, merchandise like that is preparing us for the idea that in Star Wars 7 we will see all sorts of different Stormtroopers. A bit like we've seen different types of Clone Warriors in the Clone Wars series. Um, again, of course, a very easy, uh, useful um, uh, thing to to sell toys, to sell you know all sorts of toys. Um, according to this one rumor, um, there are two designs for the Chrome Stormtrooper. There's a commander and the trooper, and uh, one of the main characters would play the commander, and it would be a woman. Now. Mm. I don't know. That just sounds a little bit too detailed, and I, it, I, I don't see any proof of this or any indication that this is more than just the imagination of a of a big Star Wars fan. Well, and to support your point, that uh, there has been a leaked photo of uh, the new Stormtrooper helmet, which That's is true. classically white, different shaped. It looks different. Yeah. Um, and uh, in fact, someone um, looked at the GPS data in the in the photo, which of course can be faked, but it points to a location in Pinewood Studios, and in fact, the building that it points to has skylights that are in such a pattern that they're actually reflected on the on the top of this helmet. Uh, so wow, it's, it, that's a, <laughs> it, 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 it's a really great fake. Or it's an actual leaked photo, in which case uh, this is the photo of the of the stormtrooper helmets, and mm-hmm. it is white with a black trim. 
The the only thing that I like about the Chrome Stormtrooper uh, rumor is that the, they would be the personal guards of the new villain of Episode 7. And yeah, I can totally see that, that the villain is surrounded by... You know, special guards, just like we had the red guards in uh, in, in in the the original trilogy. Um, sure, why not? But it, 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 I was reading Chrome Stormtroopers. I'm thinking Battlestar Galactica. They're not going there. <laughs> it's too similar <laughs> to the old classic True. Battlestar Galactica uh, robots or whatever they were called. So. I'm not sure about that. And and that is also the case with uh, some of the other plot rumors that we hear about. I have. I have some doubts about that, but we'll get to that later on. Um, the, uh, the one of the photos taken on that base there, that nuclear former nuclear base, also shows um, what looks like a, a military vehicle. Um, it's it's mm-hmm. it's got these yellow gray tones. Uh, looks definitely very Star Wars like. Now, do do you think? And and if the stun double is there, could this indicate that we will also see some fighting around this base, or will it just be like in Star Wars Four, where it's basically them getting ready to attack whatever you know, big spaceship or imperial fleet or whatever is out there that needs that needs to be fought, uh, and 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 that a battle will take place in the skies. What do you think? Yeah, I'm thinking it's going to be the latter. It's the, it's going to be lots of rushing around and preparing for a battle. Uh, that's my that's my my trying to think uh, my guess anyway. Um, I, I, I don't it, it doesn't have the the feel of uh, of a battle. No, there's been no reports of um, pyrotechnics, which you'd expect if there were going to be a battle on uh, on location True. there. So yes. my guess is it's going to be uh, preparation for a fight. What baffles me is that they've been able to fly that drone and not getting noticed. <laughs> I mean, you would think that the entire area would be so much under surveillance that, um, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, I, I, well, I'm guessing that it's it, it's not illegal to fly a drone in in a in a public area. Could be. Uh, I don't know what the laws are in in the UK. I'm guess these guys seem to be that they do this uh, on a regular basis. So, you know, if it's a public area and it, there's no law against it, they they can't really stop them. Now they could send the security around to go find them and to kind of shut them down. But if the guys are quick enough, <laughs> they can they can get away from the security, I suppose. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, some of the other f- uh, telephotos that were made. These were all um, from that that Facebook page um, and are now removed. Temporarily, um, one so one shows definitely a, kind of a rebel pilot uh, outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if that's the same actor that is walking there as the one that we saw that looked like uh, what's his name? Adam Driver. Adam, Adam Driver. Um, yep. He's carrying a helmet in his uh, left hand. I'm not sure if this is a red uniform or orange uniform, but it's super similar to what we saw in. Um, in a new hope, we see some other uh, familiar outfits as well. People wearing the white sleeves, and then they've got this brown tunic-like garb and black trousers. And mm-hmm. a lot of the extras seem to uh, carry that. That doesn't really look like you know fighter outfits. It could just be people just working at that base or not having a military function. I'm not sure. And then there yeah. are some guards carrying guns, and they have helmets that do. Uh, evoke the helmets that we saw of the guards in Naboo. They've got that same 
look or it's probably just a, a design choice to make it you know make it feel familiar um, so you see a mashup of both um, the uh, prequel um, costumes and the stuff that is totally you know Star Wars 4, 5 and 6 Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm thinking that that one uh, vehicle, by the way, now that I look at it, um, the, the the dark gray vehicle with the yellow uh, accents might also be used to carry around like fuel cells or something like that, or perhaps even personnel. We've seen stuff like, you know, the, um, uh, carts like that running around on the rebel base at, um, of the, on the moon around Yavin. Yeah, one of the rumors that uh, that we've seen is that uh, there'll be flashbacks in this movie that will flash back to um, uh, younger days for various of the characters. Uh, so it's possible that this is a, a someone that said that this is a flashback for um, a, one of the villains. Um, if because if, if Sounds, indeed uh, yeah. Adam Driver is a is a villain, as we've heard, um, how would he be in a, in a rebel pilot uniform? So. Interesting. I know. I, I mean, that would, if that person and it's the 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 photo is so vague that you can't really tell mm-hmm. if it's him, then it could either mean that he is a good guy or that at the end of the movie he is a good guy. I mean, it doesn't mean that he, you know, he, he might go through a certain conversion. After all, we we have this rumor of of Han Solo being his father and going on a quest to reclaim his son and save his son. How cool <laughs> would it be if his son had? almost turned to the dark side or meddled with the dark side and then in the end is one of the fighters that actually defeats the dark side or temporarily of course because they have to be back for eight and nine (laughs) (laughs) so that might be something we'll see um but i don't i don't i don't buy that whole idea of flashbacks that seems to be so not star wars well and is is that just because it's um, J.J. Abrams and someone's get a little too much lost on the mind. Uh, I think that might be the case, you know, where because Lost, you know, lived on the idea of uh, of flashbacks uh, to to drive the characters forward. Um, so I don't know. I mean, that it, and, and and I think that Star Wars, the 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 type of narrative that you see in Star Wars movies, always forward going. It's action. It's like, like move. Like let's. It, it, it's so not George Lucas, his style to go back. Now, George Lucas is not involved anymore, but it's just not his type of storytelling to to stop and just look back. It, that seems like it, it would take away the the forward flow of these movies. Yep. They, they'll have the spinoff movies to go to do big flashbacks that, you know, two hour long flashbacks. I have no problem with that, but not within a movie. <laughs> I would be seriously upset if they did that. <laughs> Um, let's see what else have we seen in the rumor mill. Um, there was this wild plot rumor about a an, uh, the villains being all part of an aristocratic family, which would ultimately go back to Count Dooku. Um, in that same report, they said that Luke Skywalker would be missing just for the last 10 years. So he's not been missing in action for 35 years, but just for 10 years. And he has rebuilt the Jedi Order and he just needed to go fix something. And he just felt overwhelmed by everything. And then the <laughs> the rumor also said that now Luke Skywalker has incredible force powers. He can literally move mountains and entire planets at the same time. I was like, yeah, that's that sounds too eager to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see a Luke Skywalker that is some kind of 
um, superhero. It just doesn't doesn't work. I think. I mean, yeah, he, he he's strong in the force, but what I want to see as growth is not his force abilities, being able to move planets around. This is not Doctor Who, uh, but I want him to have grown in wisdom and in you know have a certain maturity in, 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 in that he can teach people what is truly important. That is a kind of character development that I think will add to who Luke Skywalker is. It's not just that he can now do what Yoda could also do, you know, or better. You know, it, it, the, the, the part, the way that this rumor would work for me as a, as a plot is, yeah, Luke, you know, spends 20 years rebuilding the Jedi Order and then something like ten years ago, he he start, felt like the dark side growing again in you know in, in the universe in the galaxy, and goes off to kind of to 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 I don't know almost to 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 retreat in order to be more sensitive to it, so that when the time comes, he can come back to defeat it or something like that, where he he you know he goes off to into hiding waiting for it to emerge fully so that he can fight it and defeat it again or something to that effect. That seems a little more plausible to me. The, the one where he feels a disturbance in the Force and starts to feel the lure of the dark side, I don't understand where that would come from and why Luke... I mean, there's got to be something, some sort of motivation that would lure him to the dark side. And I, so, I, I, I mean, it's sort of a... Maybe it's a Skywalker, you know, family fault that they, they have this... Uh, uh, propensity to to the dark side <laughs> or something, but but it's I I don't I don't buy that p- plot line so much as maybe he's going to you know into into retreat to become more powerful uh, on the on the on the light side of the force so that he can be prepared to fight it when it's time. Yeah, I think if someone f- is tempted by the dark side, which I do think is going to be a part of these new stories because that's such a classic archety- archetypical theme for the characters is like. Yeah, it's not only the dark side is not just the bad guys, but it's also threatening the good guys because they can be lured into believing that the dark side is going to help them. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, e- even for the human condition, it's, it's a, I think, a, a great metaphor or just basically an, a, an analog theme of, of, of things that we all experience. We, 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 all, all, we have that temptation to choose the easy way out, you know, to use force, to use violence to, uh, to, to solve the problems. And it's, of course, never a re- truly a solution. I think that, that is, has always been part of the, of the message of, of Star Wars, or the philosophy of Star Wars, if you want. Um, but I think it, it, it's got to be one of the newer people. I, I, I don't think that they would do that to our heroes. <laughs> Luke Skywalker is just a classic hero. You can't mess around too much with his character uh, because we would. I don't think that the fans would would accept that. The, take a, uh, look at, at at the way Spock was brought back for the new Star Trek movies. Yeah, he was older. He definitely had an important role in the entire story, but it was still totally Spock. It wasn't out of character at all. Right. So, I'm not sure. Um, it, it's going to be like this for many months, I think, because the the and for that, I have to really compliment J.J. Abrams and, and the people of Lucasfilm. They have been able to keep a very tight, you know, lid on 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 uh, on the storyline. We see yes. glimpses, but there is no real true leak um, that will that's, that gives us anything substantial. Well, in in that vein, I've been seeing around where some uh, 
some folks who've been leaking information got caught and uh, ended up sadly losing their jobs because of it. So really, uh, they're, they're With, very serious Star about it. I have not but heard that. Yeah, I saw one of them, the the one of these sources, one of these websites that's been a source. I think Latino Review. Uh-huh. Uh, they kind of went quiet on some of their uh, Star Wars rumors and, and leaks for a while, and then said because some of their sources had had gotten caught and suffered wow. the consequences. So. Yeah, and uh, they must have all sorts of tricks in place to uh, to track down people that leak, including. Perhaps just spreading bogus rumors or uh, putting props on the set that you, they know only a few people can see, and then they might actually not have anything to do with the movie. There are so many ways in which you can you know, even like um, pages of scripts. This is this is a, now a, a very common thing to to change words in for every version of the script so that you know exactly that if if a page leaks out, you know exactly who had that page, to whom to whom it belonged. So there are all sorts of uh, ways to, to track down these people. And, and um, it's it's not just the actors and the people that are involved, but also their family. I, I was kind of stunned to read a tweet, also, of course, not, not directly, but on one of the rumor sites, of a girl who posted on Stephanie, uh, who posted on Tumblr, that she's so proud of her boy because her boyfriend is an extra in the new Star Wars film and plays a rebel fighter. I'm so <laughs> jealous of him. Harrison Ford will be on the set on Monday when he goes in. I'm thinking, you know what? <laughs> that on Monday you you might have your boyfriend at home for for most of the day. <laughs> I mean that that would be absolutely something that would be penalized uh, because it not only does she say. You know what he plays—a rebel fighter, which is plot information, but also that Harrison Ford would be there. So, uh, yeah, I I don't think they would be too too lenient about stuff like that leaking out. <laughs> well, and now that you've get you know again we talk about this this big outdoor set piece with lots of extras. I mean, you've you've grown. You now have this exponentially larger and larger um, groups of people who have information. So they had the previous. Um, the desert scenes that they filmed in the in the Middle East, and now they have these in England outdoor uh, scenes. Uh, they had the ones that uh, I mean, the ones at Skellig Michael that was so remote <laughs> that mm-hmm. it was just you know regular paid crew. But now you, when you keep bringing these extras in, you're just going to have more and more people who have the ability to you know they, they're they're there for maybe one shoot, one scene, um, so they don't have a dog in the fight. They don't there's, there's nothing to hold over them to keep them from saying too much. So it I you know this is. The sort of thing that's going to happen more and more is we're going to get more and more of this information kind of jibs and drabs coming out uh, well, from, from people. And let's be honest, it doesn't really hurt uh, the the movie. Uh, this, this stuff was bound to leak out. If it's in the open air, you know, even satellites could, could spot this. Um, <laughs> but so I, I, I'm pretty sure that they took that into account. And the fact that J.J. Abrams himself posted that video of the Millennium Falcon sitting there on that set – shows me that they're pretty cool with it because what 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 can you truly learn from this you just get excited because apparently there's going to be a, a a fight with you know pilots and x-wing fighters and the millennium falcon but you know nothing about the context of that fight and, right. and so i i truly think that actually this doesn't not only does it not this not hurt them but i think it actually generates a lot of excitement because this is the stuff that that star wars fans love 
Father, this is this is great. This, when 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 you were uh, doing this sort of thing uh, on the prequels uh, twenty years ago, almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, you had you know long range photos, natural things. Now we have drones. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Sense. I mean, when when I was young in the prequel era, there was actually a balloon that flew over the set in uh, Tunisia, and they filmed um, the the outdoor set um, around the the pot races. And at the time, nobody even knew that there was going to be something like a pod race. There had just been <laughs> one photo of a pod that leaked on um, Ain't It Cool News. Um, and it was just this blue, uh, uh, white thing sitting there. Nobody had an idea what it was. And it's, it's by, 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 by looking at these aerial photos of, taken from a balloon and you saw these, these big engines sitting there in the sand – um, but they were all sitting there in pairs. That's when it clicked. And I was like, wow, this is going to be just like a, um, a, a chariot race. And instead of horses, you will have these engines. And I remember, you know, it, it, there was a, a guy from the UK who helped me. Oh, was he from the UK? I forgot. It's such a long time ago. But who made these digital models of what it could look like. And they they weren't even working on that at Lucasfilm. Um, but the uh, but that that and the entire Star Wars world got excited about that, and <laughs> yeah, it was a crucial scene. Did it did it ruin the movie knowing that there was going to be a race like that? No, of course not. And it, it, just before the movie came out, actually, the toy lines were already in stores. So even if you had not seen the premiere, you already knew that there was going to be a pod race. And I think it's going to be the same with Star Wars Episode Seven. Now we might still consider a lot of these things spoilers, but Hasbro has already started, you know, the production of these toy lines, and I'm pretty sure that they will be uh, publicized long before the movie hits the theaters. I'm I'm looking at this uh, report uh, of the um, uh, footage that was shot by Rick Lawrence. There's even a video, and I missed this one, of John Boyega, according to him, filming a scene. Um, I, I got to click on that. Do you have a second? This sure. is like 56 seconds. So. They actually call out his name. And what you see is groups of um, these people with the black trousers and white shirts running around. Mm-hmm. And we have cut. That was a great one, folks. Best so far. Nobody. Sounds a bit Scottish. <laughs> it's not J.J. Abrams. That's definitely a Scottish accent. But that's pretty cool. This could be, of course, uh, a second unit's uh, work. Although yeah. they are working with John Boyega, so we've got confirmation that John Boyega is actually involved in this. Yeah. Which, of course, makes it very likely that he is a good guy as well, and he's going to be in one of those fighters. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised. Could the black... X-Wing fighter be his if he is you know one of the heroes which I, I'm pretty sure he is then yeah why not could be his fighter ah fascinating I I still don't, don't know how this guy got away with filming this 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, I guess apparently he didn't. He got that takedown notice. <laughs> well, yeah, but he still he he he, he is now a celebrity. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> he will enter the uh, the history books in Star Wars fandom. I'm, it must be scary to get a takedown notice like that because, of course, oh. he, you know he's just a big Star Wars fan. And actually, they worded the takedown notice very friendly. It's just like, hey, I'm the guy who runs the official Star Wars UK account, and if you really want to have confirmation, just send me tweets, and I will send you a direct message so you know it's me. But Please take it down because otherwise we'll have to hand it over to the legal team. And obviously you're a big Star Wars fan. So I think for take down notice, they were very kind. Uh, yeah, but unfortunately... The, the, uh, Disney's lawyers to be all that friendly. So Yeah. But I think that that must be part of um, you know the way in which they handle the fans. Because they know that if they're too nasty, then that will give them lots of... Um, you know, bad press, and apparently, um, the uh, the Rick Lawrence himself didn't take it very well. Uh, he, he was very upset, and I don't know if he has received other emails or other messages that were a little bit more formal and threatening. But he lashes out on his Facebook page. It's like, how dare you threaten me? And <laughs> I don't know uh, exactly. Uh, um, what went on there, but it's it's of course uh, understandable that Lucasfilm has to act. They they and and uh, they know that this will be published on many other Star Wars fans. Once it's out there, there's no way to contain it. But I'm pretty sure that they um, they just want to set an example. They want to let people know that you know, you can go too far if you're a fan, and just don't go climbing over fences. It's not gonna end well. Um, so understandably, they don't want this stuff to happen more often. Also, because it could um, it could also disturb the filming. This is one of the reasons that they uh, close down an entire area like that. Because what what if you're filming uh, a scene with Han Solo and uh, you know Harrison Ford or or um, uh, Mark Hamill, and it's at the end of the day, and the light is falling. Uh, because that happens, of course, if you're filming outdoors, you only have a, a, a number of hours to work, and and then there is just not enough light. Imagine if if a couple of fans just enter the premises, and then all the security has to uh, you know be activated to 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 take away these fans. Um, it could slow down production. It could, uh, and it, that could be a very costly thing because you have to still pay these actors. You still have that incredible crew just waiting there, and so it's it's uh, it's understandable that they want to protect these sets, uh, if only to just uh, pro- protect the actors from uh, fr- from disturbances by fans and 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 uh, getting all sorts of uh, slowdowns because of these fans. So um, let me see what else was in uh, the rumor mill. Um, there was a fascinating interview with the director of uh, Star Wars 8. And I think this was on, on a, uh, I'm not sure if it was on a podcast, but I, I read a, uh, a summary of what he said. Now, I forgot his name. Uh, he's a guy who... Um, Ryan Johnson. Yeah, Ryan Johnson. Well... So the, the the main points in that interview were um, that uh, he was still he, he described himself as uh, sitting on the t- on top of an avalanche, 
And he's like, come back in a couple of years, and then I'll tell you perhaps a totally different story. But he's having a blast writing the story. And according to him, uh, Lucasfilm has given him quite a bit of, of freedom to come up with a good story. What they told him literally was, make sure that you tell a story that you care for. And I think that is an excellent mission statement, is make sure that you care it's almost like something that Obi-Wan Kenobi could tell Luke Skywalker, you know, I care. <laughs> um, it, 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 because it, it, it tells me that they want stories that really touch you, that really involve uh, the viewer. And, and not just something that, it, that is, is nice for the toy manufacturers or that caters to whatever, you know, hot shots are, are, are pulling the strings at, at Disney. Um, I think it's very wise because... It, it will give these directors the freedom to both embrace the story that's already there, but also make it their own. Um, and, and, and that, of course, that, that's kind of a tightrope to walk on. Do you have any idea how much of, the, of the, the, this trilogy's arc has been written? I mean, do they know where the, the broad sweep of the story and then these, the, the individual screenwriters are just kind of you know, fleshing that out? They or- have to know. They have yeah. to know. If, if they treat this in the same way, and everything indicates that they do, in the same way as the Marvel Heroes uh, uh, franchise, then they will have plans not just for these th- three movies, but perhaps for six or, or, or nine movies. Right. With the superheroes, they have these phases. Uh, we've finished phase one. We're in the middle of phase two. They've already planned phase three. And... All these storylines have been plotted out, at least the, 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 the big points. And J.J. Abrams, the guy from Lost, I mean, that's, that's how he works too. He well, knows just, which marks he has to make. Well, I wonder if, we, if we're looking at one large story like the original trilogy or if we're looking at um, uh, a more episodic uh, story like the Avengers and the, you know, the, the next Avengers movie that's coming out where they're more episodic. They have the same characters in the same universe and they're progressing between them, but there's a beginning in the middle and end. And then the next movie starts, you know, with a new villain and a new story. So I, I, I wonder, you know, where we're going to be with this movie or these, these movies, uh, plural. Um, I, I'm kind of hoping that it's, it's more, of the of the of the first one, I mean that's classic Star Wars, where we have a a a, a grand sweep of a big story and it has epic to it that ha- covers three movies or more. I think they they absolutely have to have a, an overarching story that is, you know, epic in in scale. You, you can't just that's kind of the problem that some people have with the Marvel movies, even though they all fit into a larger narrative. But ultimately, that even that larger narrative seems to be quite simple it's just basically you've got all these MacGuffins and these little devices and then it's a ring or it's a whatever blue light or a cube and and well we just need to gather them all it's like a Pokemon thing you know and then once you have them all then you have all the power but it's it's a bit repetitive and mm-hmm. I think that with Star Wars they have to do better and they can do better because there is so much to work with in this whole you know idea of the force and the Sith Lords and um there is this one rumor again. I'm not. I'm pretty sure it's bogus, but I kind of lo- like the story, um, where uh, this would have to do with um, uh, Jedi, a group of Jedi hunters, and what they 
want is they worship the Sith almost as a religion, as a lost religion, and that what they want is to resurrect the Sith or mm-hmm. resurrect a Sith Lord or whatever. And then that would be the new villain of, of the second movie, and which would then get uh, defeated in the third movie. Now, I don't think that's very likely. Actually, I'm, I'm pretty sure that we will see already a Sith Lord in, in, in this movie. Um, but I kind of like the idea because, it, again, it, it just shows, like, this is a big, big story. You don't just resurrect a Sith like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, that takes time. Yeah. And so what, what I'm thinking is that they must do a lot of universe building because not only do they have to create a big storyline for these three, for this trilogy, and they everything hangs on that. If they mess these three movies up, then you can make the most fancy television series and animated things you can do the spin-offs but if the main story thread is not good enough then ultimately i think that 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 star wars fans will feel betrayed um but if they do it right and they do the universe building right then they can create a new sandbox for all these spin-off movies and whatever series they've planned for the future as well and one one uh, indication that they're very carefully building this up is the upcoming Rebel, uh, what's it Star called? Rebels. Star, Star Wars, Wars Star Wars Rebel series, um, and I think that's going to premiere in a couple of weeks from now. It's very yeah. exciting. And what, everything that we've heard about that series is that they are working very closely together with the people working on Star Wars Seven to make sure that these two story threads intertwine and that they not only not contradict, but that there are also elements from the movie in the series and from the series in the, that might end up in the movie. Now, um, the, our audience, I'm sure, is aware. They probably know everything about Star Wars Rebels, but just in case there's somebody who doesn't, the, the time period for Star Wars Rebels is between Episode 3 and Episode 4. It's just before A New Hope. So it's it takes place 30-odd years prior to... Uh, episode seven, but but so but we are talking about connections between them in, anyway. I guess. Oh yeah, you can just have connections over thirty years. Family ties. You might have certain trends. There might actually be happening something that we're totally unaware of that has kind of stayed outside of that narrative of three of four, five, and six, mm-hmm. and that come back comes back now and will be set up in the Star Wars Rebel series. There's so many ways in which you can. Uh, make an overarching connection. Now, you mentioned the spinoffs, and one of the things about the spinoffs that I've been thinking about is we, we keep hearing the speculation of what the spinoffs are going to be. It's going to be about you know the origin of Han Solo and the origin of Boba Fett and the origin of Yoda and the origin of Jabba the Hutt and the origin mm-hmm. of Obi-Wan Kenobi. I've heard all of those rumors. But they all have in common origin, uh, going back in time. What I haven't heard is speculation that these stories take place within the same time period as the tentpole uh, you know, seven, uh, eight, and nine uh, trilogy yeah. movies. Like movies that would bridge the gap between seven and but, eight, for instance. Right, like Marvel has been doing with, you know, so we have a we have a Avengers, then we have a Captain America, and then a Thor, and then a mm-hmm. Iron Man, and then another Avengers movie. You know, so that the, these, but these movies take place in the time between the big Avengers movies. Well, um, I, I don't think they... They need to do that. It it could dilute, I think, the importance of the of the trilogy. If you right. if you do these in between movies, what is this? Is this part of of that? You know, is this just episode seven point five stuff like that? So that would be confusing. Um, but also, Unless- these movies have to stand on their own. So they need they need their own you know 
impetus for people to to go watch them. So it's so easy, and even I think from a commercial standpoint, very smart to bring back some of those heroes. But again, toys, toys. You can sell more Yoda <laughs> toys. You can sell more uh, Obi Wan Kenobi toys. I just wonder if a steady diet of flashback movies is enough to draw people in. It draws in the sentimentalists, you know, those who 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 you know grew up with Han Solo and Boba and Yoda and Jabba, but does is it enough to get a new audience? Well. Well, think or, of all the kids. The, the kids are watching the Clone Wars. They all know Yoda, right. Obi Wan Kenobi. So yeah, and they've only seen animated versions of them. Well, true. Uh, well, the other thing I was thinking is, is maybe we they could also build off of um, ancillary characters from the big tentpole uh, seven, eight, and nine. You know, um, characters who have a, a smaller part. You know, they just kind of show up in or don't show up at all. Mm-hmm. But the story takes place within this same time period. I mean, so I'm just saying that maybe maybe we're not thinking big enough on the the spinoffs, or I mean, we haven't really been thinking about the spinoffs hardly at all because we've been so focused on seven. Uh, well, and, and I think that even Disney is still kind of pondering which spin-off movies to make first. I'm pretty sure that they know exactly which one is going to be, you know, the first one. But from there, I think there are so many options. Um, One of the latest rumors actually says that uh, they are now uh, considering a movie about Obi-Wan Kenobi because of the popularity of his character. Yep. Well, and uh, uh, that brings up the other point is that we we have dates for some uh, future movies as well. Uh, We're looking at December uh, 2016 for the first spinoff movie, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that, that was another uh, piece that uh, we we got uh, from I think Gareth Edwards is directing that one, and it's pretty uh, certain that they are already working on this and doing yes. the pre-production and shooting will probably also take place very soon, yeah, perhaps in 2015, uh, so they can use also you know the the same crews uh, that are currently working on seven. That's right. Um, there was also uh, let me see. I just had something I wanted to mention, but I forgot about it. Oh, yeah. In that interview uh, about Star Wars 8, the interviewer brought up, you know, what about Frank Oz? Can you bring him back? And then the reaction is very interesting. It's like, yeah, of course. How we, could we not, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, bring back Frank Oz? Yoda? It's the, it's the first official lead that we have that we might actually get to at least hear Yoda. Because, Frank, <laughs> you wouldn't bring Frank Oz back to do Miss Piggy. <laughs> it's got to be Yoda. Exactly. So, and and w- a lot of us have been speculating about that. C- could we see him back um, in some kind of a reincarnated form? Is he a force ghost? Can we see his kids? I don't know. <laughs> there might be a whole Yoda family somewhere out there. I'm thinking the best way to do this, the most acceptable way, of course, is bringing him back as a, as a force ghost. Yeah, that you know, a CGI version of of Yoda. I don't think we'll ever see the Yoda puppet again. Um, it'll from now on. It'll, we're we're going to have a CGI Yoda if if we see him at all. But uh, but having the voice, you got to have the voice. It just it's it's got to be Frank Oz as long as he can do it. Uh, why not the puppet? Uh, I I just I, I well, I feel like that. Uh, the, 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 they've progressed beyond when they've they've shown Yoda walking. You know they've shown Yoda. I know, but as a ghost, he needs to. Be, it doesn't there's no need for him to walk around. That's true. I guess I guess I'm thinking um, from uh, th- that the CGI has progressed enough that you almost can't tell the difference. So I know, but there's the actual art of puppetry. That's that, true. That is, I'm not sure if you can actually replicate that in in CGI. 
I, I think just with the whole, you know, going back to all these practical sets, bringing back an, a, a truly, you know, physical Yoda. <laughs> oh, of course, as a ghost, what is physical? Do you really need it? I don't know. But <laughs> I still would think it would be awesome to see, you know, literally Frank Oz puppeteering again. If he's up for it, I mean, Frank has got to be. He is. Uh, he uh, is. Oh, he definitely is up for it. Yeah. Um, he says so himself. But then no details about whether actually they asked him back or not. Um, the other leak that I wanted to discuss briefly was a very interesting one. And that is the leak of some pre-production artwork of two costumes for Han Solo. Have you seen that? I did. Uh, let me see. I'm trying to find my my notes on that, but yeah, it was uh, very interesting. They are two. Um, these were posted on IndieRevolver.com. Yeah, and they seem to be um, photocopies on on white sheets of paper. Yep. One of them shows uh, Han Solo on the left in a dark blue, almost black attire. Um, it's like a winter coat. It looks like a winter coat. Actually, very much hot. like the stuff that we saw in Empire Strikes Back. Yes, very much. And he's got these these snow boots on, and he's even got the uh, the chest plate that you know, like a like the military ribbons sort of chest plate on it. Yeah, and he's carrying a blaster. Yeah, which is very cool. It still <laughs> means he he, he does that. <laughs> he still has the blaster. It's the other costume that really has uh, kind of is is great because it's reminiscent of of a of a character of a in a different sci-fi. Oh movie. yeah, yeah. It's actually, the, let me describe it for our listeners who haven't seen it. It's carrying black trousers, boots, dark gray boots, um, a kind of beige type of uh, jumper or whatever whatever it is, and over that he's got a big brown coat. <laughs> that says it all. It just oozes Firefly. Well, of course, Mal is 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 modeled most obviously on Han Solo. I mean, Mal from Absolutely. Firefly. So just <laughs> it brings everything full circle, and it's it's fantastic. If that if that's the way if if that's what we get, I'll just be thrilled to death because it, that's that's an awesome look. It looks fascinating. The thing is, you know, this is almost could have been a Jedi robe if not for that little um, separation between the two. What is it? The under, the, the right. lower part. I'm not sure. I'd, I'm not very yeah, good with fashion. Yeah, designed for a cowboy riding on a horse. Yeah. So essentially, you know, it's a it's a slit in the back mm-hmm. so that it can rest uh, on the across the ride right, for a horse or a speeder bike. Or a speeder bike. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I hadn't thought of that. And it's definitely an older Han Solo with the gray hair and everything. Mm-hmm. But it works. I saw that and I was like, oh, I now I can totally. Picture Han Solo in this movie. Oh, I yeah. always had some trouble. I was like, "Are they going to go back to the classic Han Solo outfit? How how cheesy would that be if he would still be wearing that white shirt and the black overcoat or whatever it is?" And you have Leia nagging him. I told you get rid of that shirt. It's yeah, old and threadbare. It's, it's like thirty five <laughs> years old. It stinks. Get rid of it. So I was like, "But how is is he still going to look like Han Solo if he doesn't have that you know classic outfit anymore?" Looking at this, I'm thinking. Yeah, who needs the old outfit? This is Han Solo. Exactly. Even the pose that he strikes, you know, like a cowboy, just, you know, blaster in one hand, uh, the other hand on his belt. <laughs> it's, it's it's Whoever fantastic. the, the, the uh, concept artist is, know, you know, knows Han Solo inside and out. I mean, he's got the, he's got the attitude in the drawing. Yes. And Han Solo, well, Harrison Ford, 
is totally back now. I mean, he's, he's he has recovered. Um, they're shooting. There's been no delay announced at all. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking they're just fine. Did they have a short break in the during the summer months? But I think it was only a week or two. And that often happens. They you know with a with a big movie like this where it's going to be a long shoot, they often take breaks. You know, you know here and there to 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 let everybody rest and recuperate and and maybe to let certain aspects of the production catch up, like you know uh, whether it's uh, those building sets or or props or that sort of thing. So sure, uh, not surprising. And then part of that might have been just kind of rescheduling th- some things and just changing the um, the overall planning. Uh, mm-hmm. To accommodate the um, recovery process, but yeah, I just had no doubt that on a scale uh, and and on a professional level like this, they would find lots of ways to work around this. But oh. it's it's good to hear that he's back on his feet, literally. <laughs> and he's not the kind of actor to uh, to to cop out because of a, a minor setback like that. Right. <laughs> I, what, what I was wondering is, are they going to talk about this in the extras on the Blu-ray or DVD? Are we going to see this, or are they going to hide this, hide this because of all the, you know, the the legal aspects of this? You know, a big star getting hurt on a set that might actually reflect badly on on Lucasfilm. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to warrant its own little uh, featurette on the uh, on the Blu-ray. That's it's going to have its own little uh, little video about uh, Harrison Ford's knee. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. It's it's definitely interesting that. Um, J.J. Abrams, in, term, in terms of his social media strategy, um, actually does much less than Peter Jackson, but it's perhaps even more effective. I remember with Peter Jackson with The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, especially with The Hobbit, the first Hobbit movie, he was posting all these you know, almost diaries from behind the scenes, and they were very polished productions. Um, and ga- he gave so much uh, in terms of you know letting us... Sh- get excited about this it almost seems as if star wars doesn't need that because we just we are already jubilating if we see a tweet featuring a handwritten note about the (laughs) iWatch on the background of something that looks like it could belong in the death star right and it's just that simple thing i mean it's also i think a master master in Again, this is storytelling. How can you tell the story of the making of this movie to the fans by just showing enough to get people excited? And he, I think because he is such a big Star Wars fan himself, he just knows how to trigger us. Mm-hmm. Well, you and I, we, we had talked before about one of these sets that we saw, the picture from one of these sets that looked like the interior of some sort of imperial ship or base or something like that. So, you know, we I kind of... I wasn't surprised by this, but for the the vast majority of people who haven't been following it like we have, you know, this idea of, wait, that is an imperial thing. This means that there must be the empire somehow in here. So I can (laughs) see where that really gets everybody going. I just, he's masterful at, at dropping these little hands. So there was the other one with the mechanical hand. Holding a note, thanking for people taking taking part in the uh, that UN uh, Force for Change Mm -hmm. contest, and and it's this mechanical hand holding the note, and everyone went crazy about this. What does it mean? What does it mean? (laughs) (laughs) Also, I'm an Apple fan, so I'm used to you know doing some Kremlinology on on the tiniest little details. There are actually quite uh, some similarities between the media strategy of Apple and uh, and and Lucasfilm. (laughs) That's right. There was also an interview with Anthony Daniels, of course, the actor who portrayed C-3PO. 
the uh, well, one of the few actors that has been in almost anything Star Wars, if, uh, if his voice in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has confirmed in that interview that he actually will be back in the suit. So it's not just going to be CGI and then him providing the voice. He's actually going to be in the suit, which is fantastic if you consider mm-hmm. how long he's been doing this. <laughs> And for the prequels, I think he's in the suit in some scenes, but not all. Definitely not all. And there, there are these horrid uh, moments in the second Star Wars prequel where it's all CGI, and you can tell that it's yeah. just uh, you're you're watching a video game, and it's it's a, I think one of the fatal mistakes that that whole sequence in the droid factory. It was right. fun, but really it looked like you're watching a totally, you know, CGI animated part of the movie and it t- it takes it, it takes away the magic. You know, it's interesting because that that might be why he says in this interview, you know, he's interested if he was interested in doing the voice mm-hmm. in the movie and he said no. And then so they came back and said, "Okay, well, let's do a, a do you in a suit." And then he asked for changes. In, in how the suit works, nothing that we would see sure. screen, but that would make it more comfortable for yeah. him. Yeah. So, uh, but I, you know, I think he recognized too that it, it only works if he's in the suit, if it's if he's on set. I think so too, and it just adds, I think, something to the chemistry as well. If you have yeah. a truly moving, you know, a living being there on the set, and he is also a very charming guy is he's very i think good on set good with the actors i think it will just add again to the the whole believability of what we will see he also said that we're gonna love it <laughs> now of course he will say that but i think it's true i think well, they, yeah. how they, could we not <laughs> um let's see there is this whole slew of articles and they were all published in the tabloids like the sun and that should say something about the reliability of the rumors of tons and tons of cameos by famous actors <laughs> including daniel craig uh, you know the actor who portrayed james bond for the past two movies was it two or three uh, th- at least three i think um and well, that particular rumor, of course, has to be false. Yes, he is there in London. Why? Not because he is going to do a cameo in Star Wars, but because he's shooting the next James Bond movie. People, <laughs> please. There's also rumors about Samuel Jackson being in the movie and, and lots and lots of other celebrities. Oh, every every um, every uh, person in the background of the movie will be a famous actor. That's just, that's what it has to be, I guess. I, th- I think it's it's so unlikely. Yeah, there might be the you know the occasional appearance of a family member, or I don't know, perhaps even J.J. Abrams himself will walk around in one of those scenes. But the the the, the whole the rumor said, or the news, the, the tabloid said that they would all be masked characters. Why? Because of their contracts with the other movie studios, and so nobody would actually truly know that they are in these movies. And what's thinking, the point? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. It, it, uh, yeah. No, well, I'm thinking if, if they want to have a cameo and Lucasfilm agrees, I'm pretty sure that their, you know, contracts can be modified slightly. I don't think this is yeah. just generally that would generate so much free publicity for that movie star and whatever movie he wants to promote. Think of think of, you know, if Samuel Jackson gets a cameo in Star Wars 7, 
he's always filming something. So, of course, the studios would embrace that. Yeah, because you're going to be on every talk show in the entire <laughs> world, and you could not just talk about Star Wars, but also promote your movie, linking it to Star Wars. Who wouldn't dream of that as an opportunity? Which is probably why you're hearing these rumors, so, cause, so that they can at least talk about the rumor as they pitch whatever their latest project That's is. That's also a, a, a possibility. <laughs> Well, one actor we know who is going to make a cameo is Greg uh, Grunberg. Gun, Grunberg, Gunberg, yeah, Grun, who is a childhood friend of J.J. Uh, Abrams. But we've seen him in um, a lot of J.J. Abrams projects. He was uh, in Heroes. He was Parkman in in the TV show Heroes, and he played the pilot of the plane in the first episode of Lost. And he's he's been in pretty much everything J.J. Abrams yeah, has done. Yeah, and he's been in tons of television series. Yeah, it's that guy yeah. that you're always like. Why? Why I have seen him before. Why don't I remember where, in which other series yeah. he was? He's actually currently, I think, in in a couple of series. Right. So he's confirmed that he's he's going to be doing that again. So uh, that's great. We've we've heard about that. Um. But yeah, all these other stars in masked. I, I, yeah, I'm thinking. Why? <laughs> why? <laughs> I guess that yeah, a lot of them might actually visit the sets. I I, I can believe that. But from there, you know, being actually in the movie, mm, not sure. What, what about this, uh, uh, the whole UNICEF thing where, you know, people could, has there been a, a final decision on, on who was picked? Uh, yes, someone was. Someone did win. Um, let me see if I can quickly find that. I, I thought I saved that force. It was Force for Change from a group called Amaze. And the winner... If I recall, it was not me. I know that. Oh, uh, <laughs> too bad. <laughs> no, I was very disappointed. I, was, I had my hopes up. Uh, the winner's name is DC Barnes, uh-huh. um, Denver, Colorado. And uh, maybe uh, our friend from Colorado might be able to track this guy down and get, get an interview with him. But uh, let's see. Um, uh, yeah, I'm just trying to see if there's anything. He's gonna. He's going over to the UK. He'll be, uh, appear. Um, in a, in the movie, and oh, in fact, they did this. There's a video reveal where uh, he didn't know it was coming, and so they were they were he was being interviewed for something. I forget exactly how they how they did this, mm-hmm. and uh, and then they they came in and surprised him with the, the 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 award, and so he's all you know shocked and amazed uh, at, at at receiving this. So uh, the, it's on. Um, on YouTube, if you Googled uh, "force for change" winner reveal on YouTube, uh, I'm sure that'll come up. Um, but uh, it was—I uh, I did watch part of that that video. Um, man, I, I, to say I'm, I'm jealous is uh, <laughs> a bit of an understatement, but uh, I can't imagine what that would be like to to win. I mean, it's it's winning the lottery times ten. Oh man, <laughs> fantastic! Uh, let's go through a few final tidbits here. Uh, John Boyega, this is. Uh, Gosh, more than a week ago, almost two weeks ago, I tweeted uh, or actually posted on Instagram a photo of uh, Pinewood Studios uh, with the Star Wars 7 logo on it. I need to go there on pilgrimage and take a photo of that myself. I just want to <laughs> see that. And he added the comment, new week, new planet. Hmm. <laughs> there are some, again, rumors. Not sure how reliable they are. that they, We will get to see the home planet of the Sith. Which, of course, would jive with this whole idea of the Sith being resurrected. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So this could be an entirely, you know, in-studio type of planet. Because he, if he's filming this at Pinewood, 
then they won't go on location, which means that it's 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 got to be a planet. Well, it might be a planet that is so, uh, you know, outerworldly, so alien that they can only build that inside a studio. And I'm thinking, well, the Sith home planet does actually match that. It's 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 full of you know like red dusty rocks and lava and stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but that might actually be a lot of green screen. Um. But anyway, I love these little tidbits. It's giving us something and at the same time nothing. <laughs> also, <laughs> confirmation that Liam Neeson will not appear in Star Wars Episode Seven, not even as a Force ghost. Okay. Okay, well, that probably just saved him a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not sure that Liam Neeson's Qui-Gon Jinn was such a fan favorite. <laughs> I haven't heard too many fans that were clamoring for his return to the <laughs> franchise. Adam Driver says in an interview uh, posted on the Wall Street Journal website um, that uh, Star Wars is uh, Episode Seven is all about character and story. Um, so he uh, says, "I'll quote him: uh, Yeah, I've never done anything on this scale before. It is a very exciting project to be involved with. I love it. When I first met J.J. Abrams, it was all about character and story. That was the first thing out of his mouth. So that's what we've been working on. So even though it is a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, it's still very human. It's not taking a backseat to effects or the spectacle of it." Reassuring words. I, <laughs> I, I I trusted this, but it's good to hear it over and over again. <laughs> it tells me that I'm going to care for this story, and that's what I want. I want to leave the movie feeling touched and, you know, wanting to go back and having experienced something and, uh, you know, emotions and not just being wowed by all the special effects. That's what I loved about... about many people have been, been comparing... Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy to the feeling that they had when they watched the original Star Wars trilogy. And I I concur. Because it is a movie chock full of special effects, but you'd really care for these guys. And it's funny, and there, there are so many emotions in this movie. And I think that Star Wars could even probably even do better than Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I liked Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, but there were definite it had definite shortcomings in some areas. I mean, it was a great movie, mm-hmm. but but I can see, I mean, I just, Star Wars, J.J. Abrams, it's just going to be bigger and better. Yeah. It's just going to, it's going to flow. But it, but it was a great teaser. I mean, seeing a movie like that in this day and age shows me that it's still possible to make cool uh, movies that that people can truly relate to. And at the same time, it's this big, you know, special effects bonanza and 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 the, and and the special effects don't need to harm the characters and the humor and the things that we love. Right. So the great the great action movies, you know, what like Raiders, like Star Wars, where that it sweeps you along in the grand scale that doesn't lose the characters that make, that you 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 are with the characters, you you connect with them, and yet you're on this grand scale and this this amazing this amazing journey through the movie. Um, that's 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 a great movie to me, and and that's yeah. that's always been the original trilogy for me. Is 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 it captured that perfectly? I can watch those movies over and over again, and every time I can relate to it, and I relate to different things now than I than stuff that I reacted to when I was a kid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's a that's a hallmark of a great story. If I can watch a movie 
I don't know how many hundreds of times I've watched this movie, uh, but uh, I can I could still watch it tonight and, and enjoy it from the first minute to the last minute. Hey, there was also a a, a short description of a uh, another uniform or um, some wardrobe, apparently for Daisy Ridley's co- um, character. This was posted on the website Making Star Wars, um, and a fellow named Jason Ward apparently had a look at concept art from Star Wars Episode 7. It doesn't really tell us how he got to see that, but here's what he writes. In particular, I was able to look at the concept art for Daisy Ridley's character. I was with the piece long enough to sketch it out. I had trouble with those with the loose, free-flowing scarf, so I didn't depict it. So he actually made a, a, a pencil sketch of what he saw, and he's, mm. he's pretty good at it. Now, of course, it could also mean that he's just a good artist and he hasn't seen anything. He's just making this up. But anyway, according to him, she has a ton of detail and gadgets on the costume. So forgive me my ambiguities. The pants reminded me of Boba Fett's pants. Uh, The knee pads, chest, and scarf are a dark blue. The pants are gray. Her arms are a white bone-looking padding tied off with brown straps. My sketch looks like she has a hat brim, but uh, that is supposed to be a transparent visor. It's like a solid piece of glass or plastic, and you can see her eyes through it. The stances below are nearly identical to the art I was shown. I'm just looking at this. just looks like uh, more of a soldier-type costume, including what initially looked to me uh, like a... a blaster, but apparently, according to the description, it is a lightsaber. But this is a kind of a blend between uh, a soldier and, well, I actually, I don't see much that, that reminds me of a Jedi. Mm. So I'm not sure. Uh, it, it, there is a, a lot of brown, but also blue, which is also not very characteristic for a Jedi. So perhaps she is, uh, again, one of my theories was that she is still learning. Um, she's not a full-fledged Jedi. She is just trying to master it. She has force abilities, and perhaps in this movie she will, over time, learn to you know wield a lightsaber. But her first um, involvement in the whole story might be as a as a rebel, hmm. which of course warrants the question whether they're rebelling against. Exactly. I was just going to say that uh, you know the. There, there was some talk of uh, a, a um, cold war between two major powers, so that there isn't one galactic republic that to replace uh, the the uh, the empire, but that there are actually two uh, powers that grew up in its in its place, and that that you would have this war between them, and maybe even a cold war between them. Uh, so that that would be an interesting an interesting take, and then so therefore you might have. Um, you know, like like the in the old Cold War proxy wars, mm-hmm. where uh, you know the different sides would support rebels on the other side, and that's sort of, maybe there's something to that. Maybe there is something in there. I don't know. Yeah, well, and actually, we might see something that we think is a is 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 a war, but it it's a, a diversion for something bigger, you know, looming in the background. That would be very Star Wars. It would be very Sith like to yeah to, to kind of come in and. <laughs> And try to foment. Look a... over here! Send all your X-wing fighters here now. Think <laughs> you have won? And ha 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 ha! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wait until you see the true power of the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, I think that that does it for this episode of uh, Secrets of Star Wars. Uh, thank you so much for all your patience, both in listening to this podcast, but also the time it took us to record a new episode. But I think that things are gearing up again. Um, we will probably get to see much more in the, com- the, the, the next few months. Um, so there will be more episodes as soon as we have something to report. Um, and uh, if you want to hear more uh, of our shows, you can also go to our website, starwars.sqpn.com. Um, a lot of the older shows might still be fun to listen to because we don't have any confirmation about the plot line. So what we speculated back then might still be valid. You never know. <laughs> so <laughs> if, you, if this is the first episode you listen to, you might want to check out some of the older episodes. Um, also, if you go to the main website of SQPN, which stands for the StarQuest Production Network, you will find links to a lot of other shows that we make. And Dom, we've been working on a on a on a new podcast series. Yes, a very fun one. Uh, it, also in the sci-fi uh, realm of uh, the Doctor Who uh, podcast, the Secrets of Doctor Who. A lot of fun. It's a, that's it's a, it has a different character than the, than this podcast, but uh, it's a lot of fun to talk about. To talk about something that you actually have a plot to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then we just reflect and think, talk about it and talk about the deeper layers to symbolism, which is all stuff that is, of course, is still, you know, something that we can look forward to once the movie is out. Then we'll finally have tons and tons of things to talk about because you can bet that this movie is full of the classic themes, choices, moral dilemmas, etc., and, of course, that is also part of our discussion. That's what I love to talk about as well. So, Dom, where can people find you on the web? They can find me uh, anywhere. You can go uh, Facebook, Twitter, my website, Betnet, B-E-T-T-N-E-T, just uh, Betnet.com. And then Facebook and Twitter, the, you put in Betnet, you'll find me. And the links to all our social media feeds uh, are in the show notes, which you can also find at starwars.sqpn.com. And I am Father Roderick on Twitter and on Facebook. It's a slightly longer name, so you might want to go to the show notes as well for that. (laughs) But I am also on Facebook. So thanks for listening and see you soon for a new episode of Secrets of Star Wars. SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.